Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so to me. We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. Congratulations to Maria Vega for winning. Her spot in our golf workshop. Her game's going to get a lot better this week. Oh, weekend. yeah. You you know how good Kay is. We don't want to waste any more time because we've been trying to track this man down for a couple weeks now. Uh, he's a sought-after commodity at oh, this point. Oh, man. He's busy, busy, busy. Currently the president of the Golf Writers Association of America, former senior writer for Sports Illustrated Golf World. He's written for all the, the big dogs. Gary Van Sickle on the line. Hello, Mr. GV. How are you? And so, and so, an hour of intelligent golf talk comes to a screeching halt. <laughs> Therefore, we're going to keep it short. <laughs> you got it. Uh, you wrote a great blog on our Golf Insiders uh, blog on Monday, talking a little bit about the course setup. There's been a lot of chatter about that. Gary, your uh, your overall thoughts, you know, was it a little severe? Um, hole number 12 didn't really live up to the hype. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I think the TV guys debated that ad nauseum during the week, and they came to the conclusion that uh, the risk wasn't enough and the, the layup was too easy and the going for it was too hard. I don't think they quite got it right, so maybe they'll tweak that. Look, that course is not fun to play when it gets really firm like it was and it gets really fast like it was. And then you had just enough wind to make it kind of dangerous. I, I don't have a problem, as I said in that story in Golf Insider, I don't have a problem watching somebody hit a ball into the into the water on the fly. I have a problem when I see a guy hit a, hit a shot that takes a couple bounces on the green, dribbles off, goes over to the side, and topples over the side of some uh, some planking or whatever. Uh, that just seems like tricky. You know, they're trying to defend par by adding penalty shots. And I just think, you know, it's counterintuitive, but the best scores, the best winners in major championships are the ones where the scores are lowest. You know, Jason Day shot 20 under at Whistling Straits. If you look back through history, the, the low scores are always shot by the great players of all time. And the guys who win majors at six and eight, nine under, Frequently are guys who had no business winning majors, in our opinion. So I don't think they have the setup right. I think that the green should be softer, at least at least grow a little cushion of fur around the collars of those greens that are there, you know, around the water. I mean, I'm not a fan. I don't know about what, what, Holly. I don't know, but what do you think? But at Augusta, when they shave the banks, and you can see guys putt off the green, or when Billy Horschel's ball just roll off the green in the water hazard. I don't. I don't like that. I think that's. I think that's lousy there, and I. I think it's lousy at the players. Yeah, I. I agree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they move it to March. We were chatting about that earlier. Uh, you know, if, if that. If that'll help. You know, if if that'll slow things down a little bit. We know. You know, it's a different different time of the year, different growing season. Are you in favor of the March move? Well. I didn't like it in March, and I don't like it in May. So, <laughs> when would you like maybe it? Maybe they could move to April and bump that other tournament out. Of <laughs> okay. No, I, but I, I don't suppose that'll happen. What I remember about March is the weather was crappy. A lot of times it was pretty, pretty kind of chilly. And then when it rained, it was a cold rain. 
Uh, and we, it, it always, I don't remember a player's week when it didn't rain at some point in March. And you could get wind and all that. So the course played softer, which made it more playable. Um, but the weather was a wild card. But I, there was more of a sense of excitement then, uh, not so much because it was two weeks before the Masters. That was part of it. Yeah, I know the PGA Tour was always there because us media guys are running around asking everybody questions because we had to write our, you know, this was a deadline for our Masters preview stories. So we're talking Masters all week. That had to annoy him. But uh, the whole point of the week was, uh, you know, it was the first time the best players in the world got together in the year. You know, you have to go back in time to the 90s. You know, the West Coast, the top players skipped them all. Faldo didn't play. Ernie Els didn't play. Norman didn't play a lot of them. Unless they happened to play Bay Hill, March at the Players was the first time we, you know, it felt like the first major of the year because we had first time the top names got together. Well, if you move it back to March now, we've already got two World Golf Championships uh, ahead of ahead of the tournament in the rotation. Um, so I don't think you're ever going to recreate that same buzz ahead. I don't think it has much buzz in May, but I will say they've done a great job building up the facilities for the golf course, kind of like the Phoenix Open and building these big, you know, luxury hotels virtually on the golf course. And uh, there are, you know, fans turn out. I mean, I give them credit. They've, they've marketed this brilliantly, but I don't know if there's, I don't know if March, March is really going to be any better than May. And uh, it's probably going to be a lot colder in winter. Yeah, and, and and then, you know, we get into the whole conversation about more shuffling of the schedule with the PGA Championship possibly moving. But we don't have time for that right now. What I want to know is who are you picking for this weekend at the Byron, Gary, and who needs it the most? Well, I've spent exactly zero seconds considering who's going to win the Byron Nelson, but I think, you know, is Jordan Spieth playing? I haven't even checked the field this week. Who, I'm sorry, you, you cut out. Is it Spieth? Is George, is Spieth. Spieth, yes. This week? Yep, yep, it's hometown. So I, play there. I, I, I covered it. The first, they gave him an invite when he was the U.S. junior champion. He was like 15. I watched him play, and he had a great week. He was sort of in contention. I want to say he finished like 15th. I watched him. I thought, ah, this kid isn't that big. He didn't really hit it that far. I don't know if he's really that good. And then I came back the next year, and he put on like 20 pounds, grown an inch, was hitting it 30 yards farther, and it's like, oh, I guess he's pretty good. So uh, this was a home game for him. Not that he plays that course, but he lives in Dallas. I think this would mean the most to him, not only to win win at home. He's already won the the Colonial, but to win at home. Um, I'm with you. To and to and to just get back on track because he's he's kind of falling off track since Pebble Beach. All right, Gary Van Sickle's got the last word. I'm going with Jordan. Who are you going with? Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. All right. The Golf Insiders, we're out of here. Bye-bye.